Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast and the Class. Breakfast and the Class today is dedicated in memory of Lou Jerome, Alava Shalom Lou Nishmat, Eliyahu Ben Esther, Alava Shalom, sponsored by his son Joey Jerome. And as well, uh, Breakfast in the Class is dedicated in loving memory of David Barmocha, Lou Nishmat David Ben Saada, from his wife Sylvia, children Yiga, Asher, Roni, Yossi, Nir, and Shiran and family. Sponsored by Jake Mancher, dedicated in honor of his wife Daphna, and in celebration of their newborn baby boy. Simantov, Mabruk, Mubarak, Mazaltov. Breakfast in the class is dedicated to loving memory. sponsored by Manny Haber. Breakfast in the class also extends a warm welcome to Alex Brick. We look forward to you joining us here in the future. Welcome to our neighborhood, sponsored by Stephen Rappaport, the Breakfast King. Breakfast in the class is also dedicated to loving memory. Shalom for the seventh of Adar Bet, sponsored by her brother Gabriel Amos. Breakfast in the class is also dedicated to loving memory. <clears throat> of, sorry, for the Rufuash of Vardabad Blima, sponsored by Miriam Kashanian, and by Jill and Ralph Patesh, dedicated in celebration of the marriage of their daughter Alexa to Oren Oltmark, Mazalto, Simanto, Mabruk, and dedicated in loving memory of Frida's grandmother Helen Shalom, Lunishmat Hannah Bad Rose, sponsored by Frida and Adam Azrak. The Kobu is dedicated in loving memory of Lunishmat Hannah Bad Valentina, Hannah Valentina Bad Zisla, and Mayor Ben Shama, Alema Shalom, sponsored by the Levy family. My friends, there's an amazing example in this week's parasha uh, of, uh, of a, a beautiful concept that appears all throughout the human experience. And it's only referenced here uh, with regards to the korbanot. But I wanted to just share for a minute um, what these ideas are and uh, give you a beautiful chidush that was shared with me only yesterday by a very dear friend of mine called It- Itamar Isaacson, otherwise known to his friends and family as Sumi. He also has a, a big chatuna coming up, so we want to say mazal tov mabruk for the wedding, but also mazal tov mabruk for this beautiful chidush. Um, we read in this parasha about korbanot, and the concept of korbanot is related, as we've mentioned already, to an idea of closeness. A person wants to come close to God, we speak about the idea of bringing a korban, having a sacrifice, but that sacrifice is meant and designed to bring a person closer to God. So korban comes from the word karov, which means that a korban is karvan, something which brings you closer. So one of the conditions of bringing somebody closer to somebody else, aside from the one that we've discussed already, is the idea of humility. You know, if a person is thinking only of themselves, if they are the center of their own universe, it becomes very difficult to achieve a relationship or closeness with any other person. So our parasha begins, as we know, with the word Vayikra, and the Aleph is written in a very small way, because Moshe Rabbeinu was, uh, it was tasteless to him. It was, it was horrible to him to write in, his, in a book that he brought to the world, Vayikra, which means, and God called to him an expression of closeness. You know, imagine writing in your own book, uh, you know, I, I'm Rabbi Fahi, and you should just know there's something very special about me. You know, most people are not like me. Hashem likes me more than other people. Other people are nice, but I'm the bee's knees to date myself, okay? I'm very special. I'm it. Moshe didn't want to write that in the, in the book that he brought to this, to this world from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So he asked God to eliminate the Aleph from the word Vayikra, changing what would change the word to the word Vayiker, which means, and God happened upon him. He chanced upon him. A language that we find by other people that were much less, uh, maybe, shall we say, holy. Like Bil'am, 
God appears to Bil'am in the middle of the night. Bil'am is not deserving of his prophecy. But God happens to him because the non-Jews, the non-Jews of the world, they need a Navi, so God gave them a Navi. But Bil'am was not a special person. We see all sorts of terrible things that are written about Bil'am, about the type of person that he was. So Moshe Rabbeinu wanted that the Pasuk should maybe refer to him in a language that was similar to, to uh, the least of the Nevi'im, not to the most of the Nevi'im, okay? Let me add, if I can, another example of this idea of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of a person, excuse me, experiencing uh, humility and how that humility itself um, brings tremendous, tremendous Nachat Ruach, brings a sense of unbelievable joy, of connection, of, uh, of uh, acceptance of a person's actions and their deeds in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Pasuk later on talks about how a, uh, a person who can afford uh, a big korban, korban olavi olevi ored, rises and falls. The, a wealthy person brings a different korban to a poor person. The wealthy person, if he can, he brings some cattle. If he can't afford that, he brings uh, two birds. If he can't afford the birds, he brings a mincha. But the Pasuk says by the birds something very interesting. It says, He takes off the certain parts of the animal, but he puts it on with notzata, with its feathers. Rashi says on the spot, You're telling me that you bring the korban of the bird with its feathers on the mizbeach? Don't you know, even any regular person, if you burn feathers, the smell is so terrible, no one could even stand in the same room? Why are you burning the feathers of this bird? You should defeather the bird and then burn it. And Rashi brings an unbelievable concept. The concept, the idea that Chachamim explained is that when you have a person who's bringing a sacrifice from a bird, the bird next to the big portions of the animals that are being brought on the Mizbeach is tiny. You take off the, the, the feathers, the naked bird is much smaller. If you ever saw a bird with its feathers or without, the bird without the feathers is much smaller. So Borei Olam was nervous, so to speak, for the kavod of a, pro, of a poor person. He wanted to make sure that that person didn't feel like his sacrifice was so small. So you know what? Burn it with the feathers. Meanwhile, everyone in the Beit HaMikdash is gagging. You can't smell. Is it kavod for the Beit HaMikdash to have something that smells bad in the Beit HaMikdash? Of course not. In fact, we read every day in the Korbanot, you know, we have this, uh, this beautiful smell, you know, the, uh, the smell of all of the, of the ketoret. Its smell was incredible. The, 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 the Mishnah is, wouldn't it be better if you added a little bit of meraglaim? The, the astringent properties of the meraglaim, of, uh, of urine, if they added a little bit to, that, to this uh, mixture, when they then burned it on the Mizbech, it would smell incredible. But the Gemara, the Mishnah says, excuse me, in machnisi meraglaim mikdash, Ne'akavot, smells, it's not nice. So if something's not nice, if something smells, uh, you know, a little bit improper, it's going to smell better. So if even something with a good smell doesn't belong, it's inappropriate. How about something with a bad smell? And yet the Pasuk says that this smell that a human being can't stand, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, <sighs> delicious. What is that smell? That smell is the smell of putting somebody else first. Borei Olam says, the smell of putting someone else first is the most delicious smell in the world. Ishe reyach nihoach lamonai.
My friends, this idea that humility brings closeness, that something which is small, something which is humble, is desired in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is something that everyone should take to heart. I want to ask you a question. If you want to teach me a lesson, you want to teach me a lesson that God protects the dignity of the poor, why don't you teach me the lesson by the guy who's the poorest? Teach me the lesson of the bad smell by the guy who brings the mincha. The mincha is a few pennies. All he's bringing is some flour and water. So add some smell that doesn't smell good to it. Teach me the lesson there. And the answer, my friends, is a magnificent lesson in, in compassion, in caring about somebody. You know, when somebody has nothing, 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 everybody feels bad for them. You hear about the Ukraine? Well, you, how could you not donate money to save somebody's life? How could you not donate medical supplies? How could, you know, you see videos of a girl escaping on a bus. The only thing she could wear is a briefcase she has on her back and her doll. That's what she's taking with her in the world. Feel terrible. A person has nothing, we feel terrible. A person has something, but he's not like us, then already you look down on him. Says the Torah, I want to teach you the lesson of compassion for someone who's in the middle of the road. For someone who's missing something. Maybe he's not missing everything, but he's missing something. Now, I want to ask you, why is it that we feel compassion for someone who's missing everything, but not missing, somebody who's missing everything, but not someone who's, not, who's missing some things. Regular guy, has he? Lo yutzlach. Guy, he's holding down a minimum wage job. Whatever, fun. Now the guy, Hazidi's unemployed. The unemployed guy might be making more than the employed guy. That's the country we live in. But we feel bad for him and not bad for him. Why? The answer is, it's always more difficult to feel respect and to show compassion for someone that is more in our league. Anyone in our league is our competition. It's, not, it's truly not the case. But somehow in our brains, if the guy is similar to me, he and I, we're in competition. I'm working, he's working. I want to put my kids through school. I want my kid to be first. He wants his kids to be first. Hazit, this guy has no kids. Oh, him I can take care of. Hazit, this guy has no job. He's not threatening me at all. He's a nobody. No one's going to give him more kavod than me. Him I'm happy to give something to. So the Torah teaches us the lesson of notzata. Where does it place the lesson? By a middle-of-the-road guy. In fact, the Chachamim tell us that if a person has an opportunity to give tzedakah, or they have an opportunity to give tzedakah to someone whose business is failing, and if you don't help him, his business is going to go bankrupt. The Torah says that person is a bigger mitzvah of tzedakah. You know why? Because the other guy, he's always going to need. He has nothing. This guy, if you help him a little bit now, he doesn't lose his house. A little bit now, just with his cash flow issue. He has a business that can sustain himself. The guy can get back on his feet. We learned this from the Pasuk where it says, Grab onto him. Hold on to him. Don't let him fall. Don't let him falter. But you again see from the Pasuk that your willingness is always to help the person who's the most at risk, but not a person who's mildly at risk. This class today is not about tzedakah, my friends. It's about ego. It's about us recognizing that we don't come first and that people are not our competition. What you're going to get and what they're going to get have nothing to do with one another. There's enough honor in the world. There's enough places and schools in the world. Yetov, no one is your competition. You have one competitor in this world, my friends, 
and that is your Yetzer Hara. Only one. Everyone else is a spectator at your sport. The only competitor you have in this world is the Yetzer Hara. My friends, I want to share with you this unbelievable chidush from my friend. I was quoting in a shu'ur recently that uh, my friend heard, and I mentioned an idea. I mentioned an idea that says, Yoter mima she'he'ashir oseim he'ani, he'ani oseim he'ashir. More than the rich man does for the poor man, the poor man does for the rich man. Understood simply, it means that you may be giving the person a sandwich, you might be giving the person a couple dollars, but he's giving you unbelievable mitzvah. What's worth more, the sandwich or the mitzvah tzedakah? So he's giving you more than you're giving him. That's the straightforward interpretation of the Gemara. <clears throat> but my friend, he offered another pshat. He quoted the Gemara. The Gemara says that if a person says to the Ani, I'm giving you this money, Al-Minat, in order that my son should get Rifuah Shalema. In the Zikhut of the Rifuah Shalema for my son. If a person says to the Ani, I'm giving you this money in the Zikhut that I should get a portion in Olam Abba. Says the Gemara, Harezeh, Tzadik Gamur. This is a Tzadik Gamur. So you might think, you know, if I gave the money to this guy and I said it's for my son, Barmanan, right? That means that I'm giving tzedakah with an agenda. So why does that mean that the guy's a Tzadik Gamur? Why is that? Why is the person a Tzadik? He's still doing it. Okay, he's doing it, but he's doing it not for the best of reasons. You're making the Ani participate in the mitzvah. Interesting. I like the idea. You're bringing him into the mitzvah, okay? So my friend explained, Sumi uh, Isaacson, I'm going to say, a beautiful idea. He says, a poor man comes to your door. He looks at your giant house. He thinks of the fact that he's homeless. He looks at your big house. He sees your car parked. He thinks to himself, he has no car. He sees your beautiful clothing. He looks down. He's got a hole in his pants and his knee. And when you give him the money, you say to him, I'm giving you this money for a refuah for my son. The guy thinks to himself, Uli, look at what he has. But Baruch Hashem, all my kids are healthy. You help him realize that his situation is not as bad as he thought it might be. Because you, at the top of the mountain, it's not all it's cracked up to be. Think of the chizuk that he gets from that. The guy comes to the door, you tell him, as soon as you give him, you say, in order I should be zochet to a place in Olam Abba. Why are you saying that? You're reminding the Ani that it's true that I have all of this. But has shalom. Maybe everything that I'm getting over here in this world is, means that when I get to Olam Abba, I have nothing. Da'ani all of a sudden looks at his poverty and he thinks, wow, I'm making a long-term investment. My poverty is an IRA. My poverty is getting me into Olam Abba. I'm not spending one cent of my sakhar in this world. This guy, wow, Sadiq Gamur. A guy, and this is the point, not only gives tzedakah, not only lifts his spirit, but he's willing to give tzedakah and willing to lift his spirit. How natural is it when you give tzedakah? to feel great and grand. Not only do, am I a wealthy person compared to this guy, look at what a sadiq I am. 
I'm sharing it. Heck, the guy feels full of hot air. In that moment, to think of this man's feelings and lower yourself to ensure that someone else is not getting embarrassed is the greatest isheh reyah mihoah lamunai. It's beautiful. My friends, it is beautiful to offer someone who is less than the feeling that he is equal to. I said last night a chidush to my dear friend Rabbi Ari ben Shushan. You know, the Pasuk says in many places that Borei Olam is mashpil ge'im. What does that mean? God brings down ge'im, those that are at the top, the Baal Gava, the ge'eh, the person who's very proud, he's got everything. God brings him down a couple notches. And what does he do with the people at the bottom? Magbiya shvalim. And God raises the ones that are low. Fantastic, right? Takes the guy that's up there, puts him down here. Takes the guy who's down here, puts him up there. That's what, what, one of the things God does. And by the way, a lot of times you see it. You see a person that one year they're on top of the world, next year, Shema Yisrael. You have a guy opposite. This year, right? Got nothing. Next year, Shema Yisrael. The guy all of a sudden came up with some crazy idea about how he's going to get, uh, I don't know, lipstick to stay on over Shabbat. Okay? 25 hours, doesn't go away even if you eat chalant. Okay? Another guy finds out that he's, a, he's got an opportunity to have a, you know, what's it called, a coat that keeps you warm. Right? What does he do? He just adds a little bit of something to the, to, and it retains the heat all of a sudden. All the craze, warmest coat in the world, thought of by Rafi Asmani. Could you imagine? The guy all of a sudden, last year he was a lawyer, the next year he's the coat king. Could you, these things, they happen. I have a few amazing ideas that I'd, that I'd love to put out there, by the way. <laughs> I have a few patentable ideas. If someone knows how to make them, you will become billionaires together. I need someone in the bathing suit space. <laughs> don't worry, it's got nothing to do with keeping you warm during the winter. <laughs> I don't mix those two ideas together. Yeah? You have a good idea. Next thing you know, boom, 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 Amazon selling it everywhere. Ishtabach shemo. Mashpil, Geim, Magbia, Shvalim. I always thought it was so interesting. If you listen to the sounds, just the alliteration. Mashpil, Geim, Magbia, Shvalim. The Gimel and the Sheen, they switch from there to there and there to there. Isn't that interesting? Anyone ever, you, ever, you ever think of it? Of course the person has to help them. We're not talking yet about the person's reaction. I'm just talking about God. And I always thought it's so interesting. Because the letters Gimel Shin, Magbiya Shvalim. What does that mean? That letters, the Gimel and the Shin spell Gesh Allah, which means come close. On the other hand, Shin Gimel, right? Fascinating. Now that's with the Samach, but alliteration I'm talking. Not only that, my friends, also the word Shgaga, Shin Gimel means a person makes a mistake. So the person makes a mistake, what happens? Mashpil Gaim. But my friends, aside from the, the letters and the seeing of this, I said to my friend Rabbi Ben Shushan, what's interesting to me is we always talk about how God is above time. 
אבל הקדוש ברוך הוא היה, הווה, יהיה. השם was the king, השם is the king, השם is gonna be the king. השם is above time. So now and later, for הקדוש ברוך הוא, same thing. I always wondered what would happen if you brought God as a gift in Mishloch Manot, you brought him the gift now and later. Would it just disappear? I'm not sure what would happen. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there is no now, there is no, it's all the same, right? <laughs> Thank you, Shai. That and Jeremiah. <laughs> the answer, my friends, is that it's not just that God's above time, but that God is above space. And what that means, my friends, is that Borei Olam, for Borei Olam, there is no game. And there is no Shvalim. There is no high and there is no low because high and low are functions of space. For Borei Olam, the guy who's up is also down. The guy who's down is also up. Helps me understand as well the Gemara, the Gemara that talks about the fact that this person who went up to the heavens and he saw this person, the people who were down, Tachtonim Lemala, the Elyonim Lemata. And the Gemara says, that's Olam Afuk Ra'iti. He says, no, Olam Barur Ra'ita. You saw an upside down world, he says. No, no, you didn't see an upside down world. You saw the world clearly. In God's eyes, there is no up and there is no down. There's no Kavod. There's no riches. For God, every human being is exactly the same. What does God look to human beings for? He looks to find the human being who thinks, who acts like him, who does not see an up and a down. A person who treats the doorman the same as he treats a CEO. One of the challenges, I always talk about this as a rabbi, is that people sometimes are not socially aware. You're in the middle of talking to three people, you give a Dvar Torah, oh, so the thing is like this, Gimel, Shin, Shin, Gimel, a guy comes in, he goes like, hey Rabbi, how's it going? What would you like me to do? Stop talking to three people and talk, and talk to you? How, did you? how did you see this playing out? So as a rabbi, you have to be very diplomatic sometimes. You try and include that guy in this conversation, come in, I'm telling him a Dvar Torah, like it's not always easy. But people are unaware. You know, middle of sentence. I had a great question on this week's parashah, Rabbi. In the middle of a sentence with this person. You know what the answer is? They don't even see the person you're talking to. You know why? They don't make as much money. They don't see them. The rabbi has he, he's sitting over there, standing by himself. <laughs> Let me go and pay him some company. Surrounded by people. There's nobody there. I don't even see them. Tamevin. What we learn over here is that for closeness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, a person needs to exhibit anivut. Once a person is an anav, then he already enters into God's space. Vayikra el Moshe, and Hashem speaks to him, oil mo'ed, lemor. Moshe Rabbeinu makes himself small. What does God say about a person who has ga'avah? Do you know? The things that, that it says about a person who is arrogant in our Torah are, they give you goosebumps. God says, me and him, we can't be in the same space. We can't live in one space. I read that Gemara the whole time. I thought it meant that Kadosh Baruch was like, Ach, the guy stinks, get him out of my face. But according to what we're saying, Borei Olam is saying, this person, he does not register comprehend my concept of space. You got that, Achidush? 
Ani vahu, we cannot live b'kfifa achat. Because for me, there is no space up down. This guy's trying to bring himself up. He's dochek raglea shechinah. He's pushing away the legs of the shechinah. You know what that Gemara means? That idea that a, ba- a person who has ga'ava pushes the legs of the shechinah. What does that mean? You know what it means? The shechinah doesn't have legs. Rambam writes, a person thinks that God has any body parts. He's apikores. Even the Ravad that argues on Rambam doesn't say that Rambam is wrong. He agrees with Rambam. He just says you can't call the guy an apikores. Because there were those that said similar ideas. But we hold this completely wrong. According to Rambam, apikores, a heretic. That removes him from the theological uh, camp of Judaism. According to Rambam. According to Ravad, you're just wrong. Okay? But what does it mean, dochek raglea shechinah? God says to this person who's a Baal Ga'ava, He says, You see up, down? Then see me up, down. And you're at the bottom of my feet. You're, I'm scraping you off the bottom of my shoes. He's dochek raglea shechinah. God says, If you see space, then this is where you are. Beneath my feet. Your earth, your dust, your dirt. You think you stand for something? You represent? You're nothing. I made you. I blessed you with everything you are. You are. What stands under the feet of a person? Earth. God says, I made the earth. I made you. You're the same. You want to talk space now? At least the earth recognizes its place. My friends, if we could work on this one midah, the midah of humility, it provides a platform for tremendous closeness to Borei Olam. I want to workshop this for one second and then we'll end with Kaddish. There's a beautiful piece in in, uh, Igeret Ramban that talks about anava of, of humility. It's a great letter if you could read it every day, it's tremendous zechut. If anyone wants a copy of the letter in English and in Hebrew, I'll send it to you. A letter that Ramban writes to his son. And in it, he talks about how a person should look at those that are less than him and still remain humble, those that are more than him and still remain humble. What he should say in every scenario to remind himself that his place on the stratosphere doesn't go up or down based on somebody else. And I thought to myself, what an exercise that we could all borrow. You know, you look at someone, the guy's hazik case. He, hasn't, he doesn't do this, he doesn't have that. He's, what, what, how could we structure a conversation with ourselves that when we look at someone that we look down on, we flip the conversation on its head? I just want to role play the conversation. Every single person in this world who succeeded had a moment, an opportunity. They had a connection. They had protectia. Baruch Hashem, as an example. I want to ask a question. Sammy, Baruch Hashem, Hashem should bless you with tremendous success. I want to ask you, if you were not in this community, do you think it would have been easy to build the business you've built, Yishtabach Shemo? The connections you have. You think about that. How blessed are you that you were born into a community that's so tight-knit, that you were able to parlay those connections into something very successful behind our Bezat Hashem, it should grow bigger and bigger and bigger. Bezat Hashem. Amen. Ha, so I look, you... you, 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 you
You look at yourself and you think, oh, I'm, so, I'm very successful. And then you think, one second. But God set me up in the right way, in the right time, in the right community, in the right area, within the right community. You know, deal, you might have less customers. Right? Amazing. A person like me, I could feel very good about my job. No. God blessed me to be born into the family I was born, to watch the all-time best, the OG, Rabbi Fahi Sr. There's nobody like him in the world. Mafi Mitlo. My mother, Mafi Mitla. So I happen to be, I won the genetic parental lottery. So you know what? I learned it in my house. I was born with it. You know, if you're a Farhi, you'll probably be a rabbi. If you're a Manning, you'll be a quarterback. And if you're a Farhi, you'll be a rabbi. Right? The whole Amlifei, right? From the time they're young. Thinking of Chuck and Adele across the room. <laughs> you know, I always imagine what PTA must be like for someone in the Manning family. They're like, oh, he's failing in math. And the father's like, yeah, that's not a problem. All I want to know is, can he throw the math book? <laughs> Right, people are born. They're born with genetic gifts. They're born with practical gifts. You were born with a mouth on you that you could persuade anyone to buy. You could persuade them to buy a rock. That's how good you are because you could talk your way in and out of anything. God gave you that. There are some people, they can't barely open their mouth. So when a person thinks of themselves that way, they look at someone, they never look down on them. Because you know what? That guy, he doesn't have what I have. He wasn't blessed with what I'm blessed with. And when a person thinks that way, they're humbled, even with their own successes, and they look at the other person, and they have a lot of respect. You know, I have a lot of respect. This rabbi, he grew up, he, his family wasn't religious. The guy himself did teshuvah when he was in high school. How's a guy who did teshuvah in high school, how did he get to be a, 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 a person who's also doing the same job as me? I think I'm better because I have a bigger shul. He's better because he has a shul at all. Do you understand this? This concept, you know, I always think a beautiful line, and I'm gonna, like I said, I'll end with this. We say in the Kiddushah, Ayeh mekom kebodo laharitzo. Where's the place of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's kabod laharitzo to bring him glory? I want to read that differently. You know what the kavod, you know what glory it is to give to God? For a person to say, makom, where is this concept called place? Who's high? Who's low? If you say, I don't see any place, all I see is God's gifts. There's no up, there's no down, there's only God. That is the greatest honor and the greatest glory you can give to God. Hashem should bless us always to have eyes to see. Hashem should bless us with small alephs. Hashem should bless us to have that humility because when we do, we derive incredible closest to God, closest to our wives. If your wife asks you to do something, yeah, what are you asking me? Shut up. <laughs> right? No, really, seriously. All of these things. If you're small, you don't have these problems. Someone asks you if you can move over. Move over, this is my seat. Who are you? You don't you move over. If someone asks you in a, in a shul that's not your shul, move over, what do you do? You move over. Here you like he comes here. It's my ayem akom. Hashem should bless us always to be able to see the world this way. Baruch Hashem. Amen. Amen. Amen.